0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Lord, I guess in the, in the reality of everything, First Thessalonians 5. And verse number 23 tonight, and I'll be mindful of your time. If you're afraid about outside, I think it's more or less just wet. I think it's more or less just wet. I've seen a little bit of everything today, uh, rain and snow and sleet and such, but I think it's just wet. First Thessalonians 5, verse number 23, the Bible says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless and to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Sanctify you holy, your whole spirit, soul, and body. To seem to be the components of, of, of our lives, spirit, soul, and body, as the Apostle Paul is speaking about, that they would all be sanctified. I'm going to talk about a word that is a fancy religious word uh, tonight called sanctification talk about that fancy religious word tonight maybe break it down for us a little bit amen and just get into a teaching mode here this evening Lord Jesus I come to you tonight God I'm grateful Lord for your love here this evening I pray oh God that you're able to help us Lord in this service God those that have gathered here God let not our gathering Lord Jesus be in vain Lord I have already felt Lord your presence through the songs God I felt Lord that sweet spirit of the Lord just descend as a dove Lord upon my own life God and I'm grateful for that I pray Jesus that you're able to speak and minister to us God through Lord your word this evening if you will have God order everything on my mind mark any from there Lord in this transition in my heart and mind God from where I was to where I am now Lord to be able Lord Jesus to speak the word of the Lord God for the benefit to these people Lord and I'll thank you and I'll praise you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray the church say amen. amen amen God bless you you may be seated good to see the Trout family able to be with us here amen. again this evening thankful for them no sickness have taken their toll upon them but we're grateful for them here tonight and so the apostle Paul is making a plea here for sanctification a holy W-H-O-L-L-Y a complete complete sanctification I must admit and I guess inform us tonight that we are not totally sanctified at this moment in time in our lives I hate to inform you of that that we are not completely sanctified that whenever we concern uh, the spirit, the soul and the body of our lives not all of those have been sanctified as yet for that matter not all of those uh, are sanctified but not all some of those i might say it like this some of those are in the process one of those are in the process of being sanctified and hopefully if you've been born again of the water and the spirit one of them has been in the past has been sanctified where we talk about sanctification, meaning the sanctification of the spirit that Paul prays that his whole spirit, complete spirit, would be sanctified, the sanctification of our human spirit, as we would call it, takes place and happens whenever we receive the spirit, capital S if I might say, of the Holy Ghost. That's whenever the sanctification of our human spirit takes place. Uh, the, Bible, the Bible speaking about our human spirit, Ecclesiastes has a few different verses concerning uh, the spirit, the human spirit that we have. It, it tells us in chapter 12 that uh, the dust or these bodies as we know it will go back to the earth uh, and it's amazing how much we primp and people in today's age try to keep them from wrinkling up like an old prune but the reality of the story is this, uh, when you pass out of this life it's going back to dirt. And so, you know, God did a good job making dirt look this good and we're trying to prolong its process but it's going back to dirt. It's going back to dust, the the writer Ecclesiastes said. But he said concerning the spirit, so the human spirit of man is going to go back to God who gave it unto man. He also tells us concerning the spirit of man, understanding these three parts of man's spirit body and, and so he said in Ecclesiastes 3 that the spirit of man will go upward while the spirit of beasts, animals, downward. Uh, I don't know know how much I can weigh on this, whether all dogs are going to be in heaven. Okay. Uh, But the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of beasts, the Bible says, go downward. Amen. And so the sanctification of the spirit happens when we we receive the Holy Ghost. But the sanctification of our bodies, everybody say our bodies. Amen. That we live with. Every day to the point, amen, of our death, amen, is a constant process of sanctification in these lives. Amen. Our bodies daily have to be sanctified. And I'll define sanctification for you in here just a minute. But when we then talk about this third aspect that Paul asked that there would be sanctification for, the sanctification of the soul, that is something still yet to happen, still yet to take place. Uh, sanctified in spirit has happened if you receive the Holy Ghost you're in a sanctifying process in your body every day if you have that spirit living inside of you you're trying through virtue of being obedient to the spirit there's a sanctification of of the body that's trying to happen but for the future there will be a sanctification of your soul and it will be when the spirit that you have resurrects you if you're already dead but if not dead it changes you from from mortal to immortality from corruptible to incorruptible and there will be the sanctification of the soul and at that moment in time this whole thing called sanctification will be complete it's a long journey (laughs) it's going to be absolutely complete speaking about this soul or this soul aspect of man just like the spirit uh, goes back to God who gave it and goes upward the Bible, David often talked about his soul uh, in the New Testament and it was uh, looked back upon in retrospect in the Old Testament as well how that the Lord would not, not allow his soul left in hell. The word hell meaning not the hell that everybody's minds normally go to but his soul would not be left in the grave his soul would not be left in the grave. In the New Testament, even in Acts, it reflects back upon the Psalms where David penned those words, how uh, the Lord would have his soul not be left in hell or the grave and saying again that he was delivered from hell. His soul was delivered from hell or if you will, delivered from the grave. And that is right and well, but the Bible also tells us in Matthew 10, 28, and it's not for you, just for a reference, it speaks to those said, don't, don't fear the one that can destroy the body, but fear the one that can destroy both the body, all right, and the soul in hell. Now, 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 understand, the body it's speaking about there is the eternal body that you and I, after resurrection, whether we're good or evil, all right, whether we're godly or ungodly we all receive a eternal body that that eternal body that resurrected body can be destroyed if it's wicked in hell and the soul in hell as well now that hell it's speaking about is not the grave it's talking about that place that our minds usually go to of everlasting punishment amen that the fire and the embers thereof go up forever ever where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched so we want as paul prescribed a sanctification of the spirit and of the body and of the soul. There is is no sadder story in my estimation than for somewhere in someone's past. They've had a moment of time that their spirit was sanctified but during the process of their bodily sanctification living day by day they they lost cords in connection with the sanctification of the spirit and they died with no sanctification of the soul. Amen. That is a sad, sad position to be in. Where we talk about sanctification, this is the basic definition. The process of making holy. The process of making holy. Amen. And so if sanctification means the process of making holy, then I need to understand a little bit what this word holy means. There's a couple different words, particularly in the New Testament, in the Greek language that, that, that is interpreted or translated as holy. One of them comes from a word that they used in the Greek games whenever they had their Olympics, in Grecian Olympics. They would play the games, and whenever judges, there were a couple contestants perhaps that came to a place where it was impossible to decide who was victorious, like a tie, in one of their games when they came to a tie and it could not be determined who the victor was, the presiding official over the Olympic Grecian games there would assign the prize that should have went to the winner to one of their the polytheistic people, so one of their many gods. He would assign it to one of the gods, thus making that prize holy, as it would be termed. Or it was set apart to some deity, uh, what they prescribed and believed to be a God. And then there's another word for the word holy in the New Testament that is used more often, used probably over close to 300 times in the New Testament. And it's often found in the root words that's translated in our Bibles when we read such words like holiness and sanctification or make holy or sanctify. That, that's what it is used. But in its essence, holy means simply this. It's whenever somebody dedicates something completely for our purposes, to the God alone, to the God alone. You dedicate something to Him and Him alone, Him by Himself. It's not that you take a part or parcel of that and dedicate some to Him and allocate it other places, like you're trying to diversify your 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 uh, uh, stocks or anything like that. You put all your eggs in the same basket, <laughs> and you dedicate that unto God alone. Now, here's something about sanctification. Sanctification or the process of making something holy, it's inseparable from our new birth. It's inseparable from regeneration, you might call it, or the receiving of the Holy Ghost. They both coexist. Meaning that if you have the new birth, then there's going to be a process of sanctification happening in your life. Or if sanctification is happening, it's probably an indicator that you've had the new birth do you've been regenerated by the Holy Ghost or God's Spirit. J.C. Ryle, in his book *Holiness*, which is over 100 years old, this is what they were talking about it 100 years ago. He said, "He that is born again and made new creature, and made a new creature, receives a new nature and a new principle, and always lives a new life. And in a word, where there is no sanctification, there is no regeneration." And where there is no holy life, there is no new birth. Now, that's what they were saying about it over a 100 years ago. Because whenever we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is our first step in the journey or the process of sanctification. Because at that moment, our spirit that the Apostle Paul was hoping would be made whole or be made sanctified is sanctified at the moment of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now, although our spirit sanctified, our body stills in process. Our body's still in process and our soul is by no means yet sanctified. But the moment we receive the Holy Ghost, Spirit is sanctified. And might I say that that sanctification is the first step in the journey and by no means the last step. Amen? Uh, please don't, don't, don't be taking, uh, take the large pill that makes you think that receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the first and last step in this journey of sanctification. No, it's the first step And by no means the last step. These bodies still have to go through a process of sanctification. Every day. Every day sanctification for these bodies and my soul. One day if I stay true to the process. Someone say amen. If I stay true to the process, my soul someday will be sanctified. It will be made completely, totally, thoroughly holy. So in essence, no one can really stand here tonight and say I am holy. I'm in the process of being holy. Because full complete holiness don't take place until our change comes. You receive the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. You have a holy, sanctified spirit, but you in and of yourselves, you're not holy. You're in the process. And so, because I think sometimes we get bogged down right here, thinking we got it going on. Flip up a collar. I'm holy. Even look down at others maybe with a little sneer or nose. they're not as holy as I am. But in reality of none of us are holy. Yet we're in process. Someone say amen. We are in process of being holy. Amen. And so this is a journey. Uh, the late novelist L. E. Doctorow once described, he described his writing process this way, but I think we can relate it to the process of sanctification. He said, it's like driving a car at night. He said, you never never see further than your headlights, but you can make the whole trip like that. And I think many times our Christian journey could be summed up just the same. We know what the end result is to be for us to be like Him, right? To be holy because He's holy, right? The end result is to be just like Him. But the Bible tells me in Psalms and the Proverbs talking about how the Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's almost like my headlight's for the journey. It only allows me to see so far But if I walk the distance that it shows me, I can make my trip, I can finish my trip just by keep on walking the distance that, do you understand what I'm talking about? I can make my journey like that if I'll just continue with its daily direction and all times its conviction, I can make the whole trip like that. Amen. Amen. And so when we speak about this regeneration, we'll talk about the new birth, being born again in the water spirit, being filled with the Holy Ghost. We're just calling it regeneration, a fancy word. Pull out all these religious fancy words. They're they're biblical words, regeneration and sanctification. But there's some key players in regeneration. And one of the key players, there's many, I'm just going to name a few tonight, but one of the key players in regeneration is this right here, the word of God. This is amazing. Something that is very key in your born-again experience, having been born again, is the word of God. And I have... Folks, this is Wednesday night Bible study, so I got a lot of Bible tonight, okay? Amen. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number one and verse 23, it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed. See, if you're gonna be born of corruptible seed, that would be like your first natural birth. So not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By how? The word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So he tells us an aspect of our born again experiences due to, in fact, by the word of God. Amen. And, and you say, well, Brother McGee, that, that and, and I, I want to just clear the air on something here. He said, well, that, that word there, word, that word, word, is little case W. I know in our Bible you sometimes see big W word and little W word, but I want you to know that in, 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 in the Greek scriptures in the original manuscript there is no distinguishable trait between a capitalized W or a lowercase w. God's word is God's word. Whether it was what is recorded here or a time that he spoke that wasn't recorded here. For that matter he said in the ending of John if everything was written that should have been written concerning me or the world and the mountains everything could even contain everything concerning me. Amen, so his word, the word of God is is very integral in our regeneration, our born-again experience. But not only that, there's something else that is absolutely integral, and that is the Holy Ghost. Amen, right? You say, well, that is the born-again experience. Yeah, in many ways, it is the Holy Ghost experience. There's faith also involved. There's belief also involved. There's baptism involved. But if you'll read with me, and I'll turn there, in John chapter number 3, and I, I might have to skip a few verses along the way to get done here tonight but in John 3 and verse number 5 whenever Jesus had his conversation with, with, with Nicodemus he said verily verily he said I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit so my born again experience huh my born-again experience concerns being born of the Spirit or the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. It is an integral part in my born-again experience. Also, the Bible states to us in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 15, it states these words. It says, Paul says, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, ye have, yet ye have not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have what? Begotten you through The gospel the message of the gospel the death barrel the resurrection that he spoke of in 1 Corinthians 15 what is that? it's speaking to us concerning the word of God it's speaking to us concerning the spirit of God amen just one more verse I'll just drop to you and you can look it up later it's Titus 3 and 5 so when we talk about sanctification then our minds talking about the, the making something holy our mind often then will go to this concept of holiness now Holiness is the result everybody say result holiness is the result of sanctification holiness is the result of something being made holy holiness is the result of the process holiness by no means equals perfection holiness equals separation set apart from sin and set apart unto, everybody say unto, unto God. I want to regurgitate some things that you have heard before because we are creatures of repetition. Some difficulty with the sanctification of this body lies in the fact that they'll separate from sin and never separate unto God. And it's a losing battle to try to stay separate from sin without joining yourself to God. And so the struggle many times lies right there in going back to some of the old ways and old things is because you can't stay separated from that on your own. You must be separated unto God. Now, when we talk about holiness, there's things we, we want to talk about our holiness but before we can really talk about our holiness per se, we've got to think about holiness in terms of God's holiness. God's holiness. Because when we look at God's holiness, God's holiness is already complete. We're, you, me and you, we say we can't say that we're holy, but we can say we're in process. God's holy. It's a complete thing. It's a done deal. It's said and done. James Montgomery Boyce, he said this. He said the Bible itself calls God holy more than anything else he says when are the little adjectives and little epitaphs that they put along with God he he is called holy the word that's most joined with God throughout the scripture is that he's a holy God and God in his holiness means this is that there is none other to compare to God because when we read the Old Testament scriptures particularly in Isaiah it's always talking about he alone is God he's the most high God Speaks about him being the creator. Do you know there's nobody else on this in this world that has the, the label as creator? That's something that is dedicated along to God. Which the definition of holy is something that you dedicate along to God. He's creator all by himself. For that matter, he is also the only redeemer. Amen. There are several things you could start going through through the scripture that he has a corner on, so to speak. That there is not another like that, just like that. And that testifies to His holiness. These things that describe are dedicated to Him and Him alone. There's none else to compare to Him. But another thing that underscores the holiness of God is this. Is that God is not compatible with sin. God is not compatible with sin. The Bible says in the book of James, chapter number four, everybody doing all right? Nod your head at me if you are. Amen, God bless you. Amen. James chapter number four and verse number four, the Bible states these words. James says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity or enemy with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. He's saying it's not compatible. It's not compatible with God. He said do you think that the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us us, lusteth the envy but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble. Here's the admonition submit yourselves therefore to God these bodies are in process." A process of sanctification. James says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. More importantly, as we've been teaching on Sunday morning, submit yourself to that spirit that you have received. Submit yourself to that Holy Ghost, that first step of sanctification that you have had granted in your life. Submit yourself to that and to its process. And he says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourself to that first step of sanctification process on the daily basis, and you'll have the resisting power to the enemy. Amen, someone say amen and so as I'm trying to separate myself from the world but I separate myself into God when I do that I get resisting power then again back for the world that I separated myself from can someone say amen I'm in the process here of sanctification he goes on, look at some of these things they're imperatives, he's commanding us he says draw nigh to God amen don't be afraid of him Get close to him. Amen. That's great for all of us because none of us are holy yet. The process of being up. Get close to God. I don't want to treat him as the boogeyman. Stay at distance from God. Let me tell you, you think you're, you're unsafe by getting close to him, but let me tell you, you're most safe by being close to him. So get close to God. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. He's given all these different imperatives unto us. Amen. Go ahead and give yourself over unto this process. Amen. Concerning God's holiness, okay, it's complete. There's nothing else to compare to it. It's incompatible with sin. But fourthly, God's holiness is the foundation for our holiness. God's holiness, the foundation for our holiness. And whenever we have a better understanding of His holiness, it will help us with our own personal holiness. Because if His holiness is complete, then I am looking and on a journey and process that someday hopefully my holiness will be complete. If His holiness there's nothing to compare with, then my life needs to be practicing a daily bit of sanctification, a process of making holy, that I'm a person and live such a life that there isn't anything to compare with the life I live either. Someone saying amen. And that if his life was incompatible with sin, if I'm trying to let that grow and flow through me, then my life needs to come to a place that I'm incompatible. It's kind of like, if he loathes sin, then I loathe sin. If he detests it, then I detest it. The attitude he has toward is the attitude I have toward it. Why? Because I'm trying, if you will, to go through the process of sanctification. And his holiness is a foundation for my holiness. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1 and verse 15, but as he which have called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Well, see there, Brother McGee, the only thing that I need to have set apart and dedicated to God all along by himself is my conversation well you're con- see folks conversation is a great English word that they translated from a Greek word that means a whole lot more than conversation and this is again this is the weakness of just our English Bibles the word conversation means life behavior and conduct but as he which have called you is holy be so be ye holy in all manner of life in all manner of behavior in all manner of conduct amen why because your holiness is based upon the holiness that he had and so in all of your manner of life and and, and conduct and, and, and conversation if you want to use that word and behavior be holy and so that's God's holiness but what about man's holiness what about man's holiness because when we read the word of God God's word represents man's holiness as not an option but an obligation not an option but an obligation i'll use the little fanfare verse that often used but i'll use another one as well hebrews 12:14 follow peace and we, we looked at this uh, just here recently concerning the peace aspect follow peace with all men and holiness could also been translated sanctification without which no man shall see the lord it's not an option it's an obligation man's holiness he also said in first Thessalonians 4 7 holiness according to God's word an obligation not an option first Thessalonians 4 7 for God hath not called us unto uncleanness but unto holiness verse 8 he therefore that despiseth despiseth what despiseth holiness he therefore that despiseth despiseth not man but God, why? Because God is a holy God. Despise of not man, but despise of God who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. He's already had a bit of the sanctification process in the human spirit of man by the Holy Ghost. And so that happens, first of all, initially the sanctification in our spirit. Holiness, first of all, begins in our spirit. Holiness, first of all, begins in our spirit. The moment that we've been set apart dedicated as unto the Lord by the Holy Ghost, we are in the process of sanctification. That's the initial, by spirit. But then there's the process of sanctification for our bodies. How? I'm glad you asked. Thank you so much for asking. The how is very similar to the same how that brought the regeneration, the new birth in our life. New birth came, no doubt. Yes, it was our surrendering our ability to obey, but the Word of God, namely we said about the Spirit of God, well, the Word of God doesn't just stop with starting the sanctification process, it's along on the journey for the process, for our bodies. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.25, the apostle is writing concerning relationships between husbands and wives, and he is drawing a parallel how that model is like Christ and his relationship with his church. And he says, then in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, verse 26, that he, that is God, might sanctify and cleanse it. What the church with the washing of water by the word. word. Amen. That he might, though, what? Sanctify. Uh-huh. Put it in the process of making it holy. By what? The washing by the word. And so the very same thing that helped me get my spirit sanctified is the very thing that can keep me from day to day with this body being sanctified. The word of God. And so that's a good plug as a pastor for me to tell you. Do not neglect the word of God in a daily life and practice with your relationship with God. Because here's the moral of the story. Whenever you slack up on meditation and reading of the word, your sanctification process, these old bodies start to go in error. And they flub up. Because this is a means by which sanctification comes. We're, we're cleansed and washed by the water. We're sanctified by the water of the word. The verse we used last week in Jesus' high priestly prayer of John 17, 17. Remember what it was? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So there's a sanctification that comes by the word of God. Brother McGee, you're just talking about the New Testament. I'm talking about the whole thing. The whole ball of wax. The Old Testament, the New Testament, all together. The Bible says in 1 Timothy three sixteen. 16, everybody say all. all. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof. Look, reproof is a very good tool in the sanctification process of these bodies. In order to make us holy, reproof is very good. It says, no, you shouldn't have done it. Or even rebuke, that's even good too. If we could just kind of take a few letters around, put a rebuke, reproof, same difference. He says, and for correction, yeah. And for instruction, where? In righteousness. The word of God, all of it's good for that, that the man of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished unto good works. Every day, the word of God. I put my face in the word. You remember, Remember, he said, he said, n- n- don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, Right? The Word. Why? Because if you're a hearer only, you'll look into the Word of God as a man would behold his face in a natural glass and he'll go away and forget what manner of man he was. But he that's a doer of the Word is like those that look into the Word of the Lord and they see what type of man they are and they don't just go away and forget, but they alter or change what they saw. So we need the Word of the Lord as a daily part of our lives because it helps us with the sanctifications of these bodies day by day by day. Also how does this happen, this sanctification? How does this progressive sanctification of the body happen? Yes, by the word, but also, everybody say, by the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. Isn't it neat that God didn't just give you the Holy Ghost to be an award that you just put on your wand? Said, isn't that pretty? Wax it, shine it, and say, there it is. Got that, but it don't serve no purpose. <laughs> you, You've been blinded and deceived to think that the Holy Ghost is some medallion that you put on your lapel and it doesn't do anything for you. You're living below your privileges. Amen. The Holy Ghost helps me in my everyday sanctifying process of this body. The Bible says in Romans 15, 16, Paul says that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified. Look at it. There it is, that word again. Sanctified how? By the Holy Ghost. Wow. Not only does the Holy Ghost bring a sanctification upon the Spirit, But it being alive, vibrant, active, allowed to work every day helps us in the everyday sanctifying process of these natural bodies. Yeah, amen. The Holy Ghost saved me. The Holy Ghost set me free. The Holy Ghost brought me. Huh? Sanctification of our bodies every day. He also said in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11, speaking of that long list, there was liars and cheaters and thieves and fornicators, and he's going through this horrible list, and he comes to 1 Corinthians 6 and 11 to the Corinth churches, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. What? Yeah, washed, sanctified, justified. How? by the Spirit of God and so here it is again the Spirit of God is in our justification the Spirit of God is in our washing but the Spirit of God is in our sanctification it's what is helping us to become holy listen there's nothing any better in your life that knows how holy God is and what the criteria of holiness is than the Spirit that God is you have an onboard. you have an on teacher folks the Bible talks about the Holy Ghost we will lead you and guide you into where all truth you have an onboard teacher. You don't have to go read some, some manual or some hieroglyphics in the Egyptian some place to figure out what's this holiness all about? You've got the spirit of God. The holy Spirit. Isn't it neat how that works? Holy Spirit. You receive that. Amen. And that holy Spirit can help you with your sanctification process of these bodies. You could be sanctified by the spirit of God. So that's important. That's important. In, in in this progressive sanctification of our bodies. But everybody say, I'm important. I'm important. You are. You're very important. Because before salvation, before the new birth experience, we don't have a holy nature that is capable of exampling a holy living. But after your new birth experience. And you have the Holy Spirit. And you had the Holy Ghost. You now have a Holy Spirit inside of you that is capable if you'll surrender to it. That's where you're important. If you'll surrender to it, to example, holy living in your life. Commonly throughout the Old Testament, the Bible gives different commands to people. And you see this a lot in the Old Testament. Moses or some other leader, he's telling the people, sanctify yourselves, sanctify yourselves. And what that basically meant for them in the Old Testament is that you got to set yourself aside right now unto God alone and apart. Remove yourself from the camp, remove yourself uh, from, from the Canaanites and the Perizzites and all these other Hivites ites, ites, that are around you and separate yourself, set yourself apart for God alone. Surrender. That, everybody say that's a good first step. That is a very good first step. But the way that we are important in this matter is that we, that word of God that helps wash us by regeneration and by sanctification, that word of God, we apply that to our lives. A good way to, to initiate then that Holy Ghost then that we have, we allow it to lead in us to follow. That's where we become important in this part of our sanctification, this process that we're in while we live on this earth. Let's go to a verse. I've used this verse a lot here lately. And so I don't know if God's trying to tell us something. He's not going to stop saying it till we get it. But I'm going to talk about it again. The Bible says in Philippians 2 and verse verse 12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation." with fear and trembling for it is God everybody say God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure this is the smallest phrase I can put it down in terms that maybe we can hold on to this is what the scripture is saying we work out what God worked in that's as simple as I'm putting we must work out what God worked in First step of sanctification, sanctification of the Spirit. He gives us His Holy Spirit. What God works in yes. through a process of daily living, we try to work out. Uh-huh. <laughs> he worked the Spirit inside of us. I'm not trying saying you're trying to evict the Holy Ghost from your life, but I'm saying you're trying to allow it to show up in your everyday living. Right. You're trying to work it out. Yes. And, and, and you say, well, this is crazy. Listen, it's very similar to this. The Bible talks about how God asked of us to ask of him, basically to pray. But the Bible also says the Lord knows what we have need for. And some people get in the funk and say, why in the world should I ask? God knows what I need for. Well, it's kind of the same scenario. He asked of both things. He knows what you have need of, but he also asked you to ask. And so you've all, yeah, you've received the spirit of God. He's worked it in you, but he's asked of you to work it out so it can come to fruition in every other aspect of your life. Amen. Someone say amen. And so with man's holiness this progressive work of the body word of God the Holy Ghost and you are important in the application the leading of the spirit the application of that word leading of the spirit you are important checking my time see what I got feeling not too bad about it now to do a little summarization and conclusion in the next five to ten minutes. Sanctification then is not only the first step. It's every step you take until you go into glory. It's the first step because through the new birth experience receiving the Holy Ghost, the human spirit gets sanctified. But from the first step, your second step then is your body is in a process moved and it's just as if I'd never sinned justified till this time of uh, of of glorification and everything in between sanctification is covering it all amen Paul says I want you wholly to be sanctified both your spirit your body and your soul the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18 it says but we all everybody say all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory everybody say the glory the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So we're beholding as in a glass. Scripture says right now we see in through a glass darkly. So we're being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by, look at it now, the spirit of the Lord. I'm in a sanctification process. You know what's happened every day that I allowed the Spirit of the Lord to have dominion and preeminence in my life? I'm being changed by increments from glory to glory. I what in the world are you talking about? If you read, 1 Corinthians 15, I believe it is, it talks about everything has different glory. The celestial bodies have one glory, the terrestrial bodies have one glory. This one. So you're being changed by increments from glory to even man as you are right now has a certain measure of glory but you're being changed by increments from glory to glory until you match the glory of his until you become holy as he is holy and so in this journey we're being changed into the same image from glory by increments by degrees so you're not holy yet you're in the process but you're some degree of holy and we probably have several different degrees and I'm not talking about PhD MD and all that we might have some of those too but there are several different degrees of holy that's sitting here in our presence tonight the Old Testament believers for them holiness was that they ate they dressed they talked they thought they lived different from everybody else that set them aside. That made them unique. That made them different. That made them separate. The Bible says in Leviticus 18 in verse number 3, these are the words of the Lord. It says, after the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwell, shall ye not, everybody say not, do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whether I bring you, ye shall, shall ye, everybody say not, not do neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Now, he's painting with a pretty broad brush here, but he says, if you want to know how God's people ought to act or conduct or live or what their, when use the New Testament word, conversation should be, <laughs> conduct, behavior, what their life should be. If you want to know what their behavior should be, it must be different from the doings of those of whose environment they live in. Say so you live in Egypt, but don't do as Egypt. You may live in Canaan, but don't do as the Canaanites. Because your actions, your conduct in your life must be evidently different from the doings. Because if you practice what they practice, what's going to be the distinguishable trait? That you're not one of them. And so God just gave him a little thing here speaking to them said, don't do as your environment that you're living in is doing. And so it's just a general admonition that God gives and he gives some details later in Leviticus 18, some absolute details concerning some things, but just as a general rule, he said, you want there to be the difference? He said, act differently than those that are around you. Act differently than the world that you're living in. Act differently than the surroundings that you are involved in. The Bible says in 1 John 3 and 2, and I'm headed to our close. I promise you that. The Bible says in John 3 and verse 2, Beloved, everybody say now. Now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. What? I'm gonna be holy as he is holy. My sanctification process of my soul will be complete. I shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, verse three, and every man that hath this hope in him, everybody say, purifieth, purifieth himself even as he is pure. Whoa, wait a minute, gotta tell somebody. Said we are the sons of God. We've been born of a spirit. Our spirit's been sanctified. While we're living on this earth, our body's in the process of sanctification. We're trying to give over to that spirit that we have. We know one of these days God's going to come back, and if we stay with this purification process of our bodies, one of these days our souls are going to be sanctified. And this whole process is going to be complete. Now, if I got the hope that someday this process will be complete, I'll have full sanctification of spirit, body, and soul, that that will be complete if I have that hope, then purify myself even as God is pure. Now the word purify, if the little E-T-H on there, if we've ever learned anything in the past, we know that the word E-T-H on the end of the word means that it's not like you purify and it's a once said and done over process, but it is a constant work. It's a constant process. Purify of himself. What are you purifying? Well, in this constant process right now, between when I was born again and whenever I reach heaven as my home someday, I am trying through the Holy Ghost to let this body be purified. Now, everybody okay? The word purify means to make clean, look, both ceremonially and morally. Now, there's something interesting about that because when you talk about something being made clean ceremonially, you're talking about an exterior act. When you talk about something being done Made clean morally, you're talking by and large an uh, internal act, heart and soul. What, what are you talking about? Do you all got a little bit of time? Say, so, well, you're the one preaching, you just chop whenever you want to stone, let's go <laughs> ceremonial acts, you you know, you're talking about uh, sacrifice and offerings, or or in Acts 21, I'll just give you a reference. You go to Acts 21, it talks about how he was going to make himself clean and ceremonially go to the house of God so the people could see he went to the house of God, and they were going to shave their faces and and so on and so forth because that was an act ceremonially of cleanliness and making yourself clean. It was an external act. Matter of fact, anything that was ceremonial, for the most part, was an external act. And so he says, you purify yourself Purify yourself, your body, which means to make clean both ceremonially, externally. Someone following me here? Train of thought. And morally, internally. Someone say amen. Amen. Everybody say internal. Internal. Because here's the fact of the matter. We know this very general idea and subject. But our affections affect our actions. Say it with me. Our affections affect our actions. That's the reason why you need the Holy Ghost in your first step of sanctification. You need it morally to start with because your affections, if you allow it, will affect your ceremonial, your externals, your... Actions. The Bible says this, and I close, if you'll stand with me, First Peter 3, 15. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. If I'm bullet down, live in a way that will cause the unbeliever to ask the reason of the hope that's in you. hmm that they pick up on this by degrees alteration and change in your life. And a lot of times, people that's received the Holy Ghost, people denote a change not because they look inside of the morality of the man and see the man, but they see the actions of the man that's been affected by the affections of the man. Just this past week, I had an appointment somewhere, somewhere that I normally go with a person I normally go to. This person always asks me, knows I'm a pastor, always asks me, what are you preaching on here lately? What are you teaching on? What are you preaching on? Always asks me. That's fine. I love the conversation. When I was in Revelation and Daniel, man, we talked about, man, the beast rising from the sea in the whole nine yards. It was great for me. And so I said, well, right now on Sunday morning, I've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And this person said, you know, that's, been, that's a hard one for me. He says, like, for instance, joy. He says, that's such a hard one. He says, for instance, you come in here, and he says, you light up this building in this place. He said, you just got joy pouring out of you. And he says, I'm constantly bound thinking, do I need to pray more? What is it? Where does your joy come from? Well, don't open up a gate. Now, let me tell you something. That wasn't because this person, God gave them the ability to look inside of the man. That's because somewhere in life, in the body of the sanctification, trying to sanctify this body, something has materialized. Something has materialized that they could wrap their hand around and denote and say, What is it? What is it? And the is it for them and for us and all of us is the same is it? It's the Holy Ghost. If we we'll give ourselves to it, obey it, allow it to have preeminence and dominant in our life, it will not only, as Paul desired and asked, it will not only sanctify our spirit, it can help us in the daily sanctification of our bodies so that someday our soul will be sanctified and we will be like him, holy as he is holy. Amen. Let's bow our heads in this place. I'll say a prayer.